Did you know Super Awesome Mix has an app? Go to the Apple App Store today and download Super Awesome Mix. It's free. You could start creating and sending your own digital mixtapes in just a few clicks. Also, there's links to our Instagram account and a link where you can follow your favorite podcast. Speaking of which... Welcome back to another Super Awesome Mix. My name is Matt Sidholm, alongside my co-host and co-founder of Super Awesome Mix, Samer Abu Salbi. Samer, how are we doing this week? Doing real well, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. You know, we just passed the one-year mark um, of our show. We're well into season two, and so I think we're going to have nothing in common with the artists that we featured today. Right. <laughs> I, I hope not. I think that even just by the by having a second season, we, we're already better than a lot of these musicians. That's my interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding, of course. Uh, today we are featuring what we are calling One Album Wonders. So in the same vein as a one-hit wonder, these are groups that got together, released a single album, and I will note that these albums are spectacular, and then just never could release another album, whether because they dropped out of music or they got too busy or they rejoined a different band. Whatever the case may be, history just has this one album left out there um, and and just is total perfection. So these are 12, 12 bands, 12 albums, really, uh, that you can go and listen to and just fall in love with. It, it was really, really fun to go through this mix. Yeah, but also to your point, these these are all like really good albums, and then you're just left thinking, why aren't they still making music? <laughs> right. <laughs> or why didn't they keep making music? Some of these bands are pretty old, and right. uh, but but you'll notice in a lot of them there are some notable names who moved on to other projects or who, like you said, rejoined other bands, whatever the case may be. But yeah, it really uh, really pretty. Uh, pretty fun list to put together but but also kind of sad in that you get through that album and it's like oh man i want want a little more of that yeah that happened a whole lot i'll be sure to note them with with each one (laughs) all right well let's get into it you start off your first pick was all systems go by boxcar racer Right. So All Systems Go, Boxcar Racer. Um, Boxcar Racer, of course, the notable band members here are Tom DeLonge, Travis Barker, and then David Kennedy of Hazen Street, uh, the two former being from Blink-182, of course. So what ended up happening is, like, I just feel they, you know, they had their, like, hiatus, right? Blink-182, right after Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, which is still one of the greatest album names of all time. (laughs) (laughs) And I just feel like all the members of Blink-22 got very busy. We recently featured Angels and Airwaves, and here we are with Boxcar Racer. Later in the mix, you'll see another group that was formed from from these uh, original band members. But I loved this album because this came out in 2002. I was in high school. I had, you know, just finished, like, blasting um, the Blink album. But you can see a much kind of darker shift, like, in terms of their sound, and it then ends up being integrated back into Blink-22 whenever they reform and then they release their, you know, eponymously named Blink-22 album, the self-titled album. And 
it's just really interesting to kind of see all the influences that like Tom DeLonge and Travis Barker bought, brought back to Blink-182 and that's in this album. So if you really liked the Blink-182 album called Blink-182, I think you will love this one album by Boxcar Racer because it really did just kind of set the foundation for what they would later do with their band, moving away from kind of like pop punk and into kind of dark, um, you know, darker moodiness uh, rock music. Yeah, there's definitely some elements here that will remind you of Blink-182 when I was listening to it. And, but, you know, lyrically, you're right. It's just in a very different place than than what, you know, you're kind of used to and some of the bigger hits from Blink-182. One of the lyrics that stood out here was, speak up now, lose, or get left behind. And I was like, oh, that's, there's definitely an edge to, to some of this, if you're just hearing that lyric alone. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very moody for sure. But I loved this album. I listened to it all the time. And then, as we mentioned, it was very sad that they never released a new one. But at least in this case, you could they reformed, right? A, a lot of the key members went back to Blink-22. And you can kind of just like keep rolling back into what they did and continue to do today. All right. Let's go. Track number two, um, a band that we've mentioned a number of times here on The Mix. And I actually had completely forgotten that they only had one album. Of course, I'm talking about New Radicals, and the name of the song you picked is also the name of the album, Maybe You've Been Brainwashed Too. Yeah, what was the title track here? Uh, they're best known, of course, for You Get What You Give, which is you know still getting radio airplay 20-plus years later. This came out in 1999. These guys came about, uh, had the big single... But, you know, the whole album, I, and I've mentioned this on the show before, I just think it's incredible. Um, this song is pretty different from the rest of the album. But, you know, it's got a, it's got a really cool sound. It's, it's kind of a fun song. Um, but, yeah, take a, look to, take a listen to the whole album. Because, again, beginning to end, it's, it's just so good. And, and I remember, you know, I, I graduated from college in 99. And I was really looking forward to more music from these guys. And then it just never came. <laughs> So, um, but we still got this album and I still listen to it and uh, I can at least uh, bring it to the masses now with this show. <laughs> so yeah, New Radicals, still uh, still getting some love here. Yeah, this this really is different than, than the rest of the album, but it's interesting. And I think that that's part of, again, what makes it so unique or, or so good is that there is, again, a wide range on, on just a single piece of music. I loved the song Sunday Will Know. I think that's probably my favorite song off yeah, of the album. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, it's just absolutely beautiful. And, and again, so different from this one. And, and in a way, very different than You Get What You Give. And so lots lots of different sounds here on this one album. So, I yeah, I loved when, when you put this on the mix. I was like, oh, right, of course. We, we have talked about how they only had one album because it didn't cross my mind at all. Well done. <laughs> Yes. Um, all right. Now speaking, and this one, this next one surprised me that they only had one album because I, I think they did. I think they might have even shown up on Saturday Night Live. But you've got Scumbag Blues by Them Crooked Vultures. Right. Yes. Them Crooked Vultures. Uh, some really notable band members here. You've got Josh Home from Queens of the Stone Age. You have John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin, and of course Dave Grohl on the drums. Um, totally a rock supergroup. This song in particular just like is so, so good. Um, the drumming on it, of course, is my favorite part. I, I love pretty much anything that Dave Grohl does. Um, but there's also an amazing guitar solo in it. It features everything you could want from from these three band members, right? It's just incredible. Like Josh on, on the vocals just being being him uh, and just bringing all the energy and all the all the, you know, sound that you would want from from a rock song. 
And I also especially loved in, in doing research on this one, you know, Dave Grohl obviously uh, started as a drummer in Nirvana, then moved on to become kind of a lead singer and guitarist. And so he writes here on being the drummer for this band. If you want me to be your drummer, we either have to be the best effing friends or you have to be better than Josh Home and John Paul Jones. <laughs> so, so that is the, the very low bar uh, that he has set in order for him to play drums for you. <laughs> That's funny. I remember this being, I remember this sort of as like, oh, this is another Dave Grohl project, like when they came about. And so when I was doing research for this, I forgot John Paul Jones was in it. And then I was like, well, it had to be a different John Paul Jones. <laughs> Couldn't have been the one from Led Zeppelin. Then I'm like, yeah, that's him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> right? but I, I love this song. Um, I'd kind of forgotten about these guys. And, um, or I should say this group. I definitely didn't forget about these guys. But um yeah, it had such a good like, classic rock feel. Like, you could have told me this came out in, like, you know, 75, and I would have been like, yeah, okay, I could see that, right? And, yeah, it's just a really cool feel to it. And, of course, when you've got amazing musicians like this, you know, what <laughs> what else would you expect? Yeah, exactly. Um, but only one album. They said that they might do a second one, but there's uh, there's yet to be a second one. So we'll see. We'll see if, if anyone can get Dave on, on the line and get him to drum some more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Track four is um, your pick. You've got Everything is Everything by Lauren Hill. Yeah, this is... Uh, it's, it's unreal that this was the only album Lauren Hill produced. Uh, she sold over 20 million copies. And this is The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And she won five Grammys just for this album. She did an MTV Unplugged album that came out, but that wasn't like new material. It was just sort of, you know, uh, kind of remixes and, and redos of her work on this album, as well as her work with the Fugees. Um, and she's kind of done some work since then. But, you know, this, <laughs> I don't know, this album was just incredible. Everything is Everything was kind of the third and, and final single that was put out there. But this is another one that you could listen to, you know, over and over. And I feel like when it came out, everybody had this album. Obviously, 20 million copies would indicate that just about everybody did. But um, interestingly enough on this one, that you also get a little bit of piano work. And I found out that is from a uh, teenaged John Legend on this album, too. So I thought that was kind of cool that you get a super young John Legend chipping in here. But yeah, uh, amazingly never made a another album. Some of it was kind of dispute with the record label type stuff. Some of it was just kind of, you know, being overwhelmed from the fame that come with this. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, but this is, I mean, this is a great song, but just go ahead and play the whole album because it, it's incredible. And you'll just sit there and wonder why this was the only thing she ever produced. Yeah, I, I think it is absolutely worth all of the accolades that she re received. It is just like, I wouldn't call certain albums like works of art, but I kind of feel like this was like a work of art. I mean, truly so perfect start to finish. Um, and so, I mean, she's, yeah, the first female rapper to earn a diamond certification in the U.S. She won the NAACP's President Award and the Black Music Entertainment Walk of Fame. Like, the list can go on and on, and it does for everything that she got from this one album. And then, as you mentioned, I think, you know, some of it was her walking away just because of what she'd produced and, and all the attention that then was, like, thrown on her, which can be very jarring. 
Um, but yeah, like it's just a beautiful track. I, I really loved the sentiment of the song as well. I love some of the lyrics. Uh, the line especially that sticks out to me is like, after winter must come spring, uh, change it comes eventually, everything is everything. What is meant to be will be. And I just feel like I needed to hear that uh, in my life. And, and just, again, having it be sung by one of the most influential rappers of all time, really, um, and with her beautiful voice and, and her artistic ability. Perfect, perfect album. In a way... I often think sometimes, is it better that sometimes these bands had only, or these groups or musicians only had one, you know, because it's just like this beautiful little capsule of, of perfection, basically, and it can never be, can never be marred with anything, right? It just, it sits in, in its, uh, in history, it's a little moment of, of beauty. Yeah, no, that's definitely one of those things. You see this with movies all the time where it's like, oh, man, I love this movie. And then they come out with the sequel and it's like, why'd they do that? Like, I don't want to see the sequel, right? And so you're right. Yeah. But I I think it's hard to walk away from whatever money might have been there or or whatever else, you know, whatever other motivations uh, might uh, be in front of you to to create that next album. Yeah, you're right. I mean, so often we are disappointed with maybe a sophomore effort by someone. Um, all right, your next pick, you picked Brand New Colony by the Postal Service. Right. I, I struggled picking this one because we've we featured Postal Service a whole lot. And <laughs> and I do try to like kind of, produ- you know, pick new albums, new artists, uh, new songs that maybe we haven't featured. So that way, you know, our listeners don't get bored with like the same picks over and over. But to be honest, this is one of those examples of just a, an album, again, that is perfect start to finish. And I wanted to pick it in a vacuum, pretending that I've never brought up Postal Service again <laughs> prior <laughs> prior to this recording. Uh, I'll do my best not to feature it for like a couple of episodes so everyone gets a break. But this one, uh, at least every time I'm picking a different song, that's all I can say. You know, <laughs> I try to do that with the New Radicals album, so I get right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the arcade kind of 8-bit sound of this one. I think the opening is just immediately, it's such a great hook. You just want to keep listening to the rest of the song. Um, I think, you know... Ben Gibbard is super talented, of course, in Death Cab for Cutie, and and I just love the the direction. We talked about this on our on our Bands and Breakaways album, or excuse me, we haven't produced music yet. Our Bands and Breakaways episode, not our album. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, I wanted to bring it back up because I just think it's a beautiful album, start to finish. And they had talked about doing another one, but then just went on permanent hiatus. So no more music from Poster Service, at least not in album form. Yeah, I kind of wondered that. I, at first, because you brought up Postal Service so often before, I was surprised to see them on this list. Like, wait, they only have one album. Um, and then I wondered, too, if there was any chance they'd come back together. But it seems like they've kind of declared this a dead project. Right, yeah, pretty much. So, and I, they did a re-release of, of the album, which is great. But yeah, not, and I think every now and then they've had like a track. But certainly not getting together and, and doing um, a full start-to-finish musical masterpiece such as this one which maybe right. for the best yeah well, who knows yeah no but i thought this sounded great and uh you know anytime i i've said this before that when you get the same singer on on the same track it's gonna have kind of a a, a same feel to it like you know anytime you hear eddie vetter's voice you can't help but think of pearl jam right, right. And, I, and i kind of feel the same way with ben gibbard's voice but uh but this definitely sounds different and uh but i do like it yeah so good choice there Awesome. Let's go to track six, a group that I did not know. So this was a new discovery for me. You went with the track Holy Roller by Mother Love Bone. 
So this was wild. I didn't realize. I remember Mother Love Bone when they came out. So they came out in like the late 80s, early 90s, right? And um, broke up after their, their, their lead singer, Andrew Wood, died of an overdose. Now, two of the members of the band, Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament, they joined this guy named Chris Cornell. <laughs> and Chris Cornell recruited this other guy named Eddie Vedder. And they formed Temple of the Dog, who also could have made this list because I think they just made one album. Okay, and then after they do their one album there, Eddie Vedder says to Gossard and Ament, like, let's go over here and form this other band. And uh, that's when we end up with Pearl Jam. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> this is uh, this is crazy because it's kind of ahead of its time when this album came out. It's, it's sort of a, a pioneer of that Seattle grunge sound. Um, so if you like that stuff, I think you're really going to enjoy this. Um and I also think it's just sort of a great what if, like, you know, if these guys had stayed together, if Andrew Wood had not passed away, you know, what would Pearl Jam have become? Like, if we heard, would we have heard of, of them or Eddie Vedder in some way, shape or form? So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a really cool band. I, I remember when they came about and, and hearing about them, but it wasn't until now that I kind of realized all the history that was sort of tied into this band. That's so, that is really interesting. I, I did not come across that in my research, but absolutely love hearing that. And it just makes me think of like the, just the amazing kind of musical family tree. If anyone has ever tried to draw that, like it just must be like the most, it just must be a bush basically. It's not a tree, right? Everything is just jammed together because <laughs> there's so much crossover um, and, and just so much talent. And it is really interesting. Like it, it, you know, going back and connecting the dots and seeing how it all played out. And then we get Pearl Jam and Pearl Jam was incredible. Uh, we've, we've talked about them before in the show. Um, and to your point, like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I do wonder what would happen. Would their sound have morphed? Would Eddie Vedder have never wanted to start a different group and, and all that stuff? It's really interesting things. But I loved this song. It, it reminded me of just, in, in some ways, like a classic rock song, um, probably because now it's 30 plus years old and everything is classic rock. <laughs> I think it is technically <laughs> classic rock now. Yeah. yeah. I think like <laughs> on that note, actually, it really does weird me out when there's like a classic rock radio station and they play like Nirvana's. Um, right. Album. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, that's not classic rock. No. I grew up with that. <laughs> you, you should be playing Bob Seger, not, not right. stuff that I knew when I was young. <laughs> right. No way, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, very disconcerting. But no, this is great. This is a really cool discovery. And I'm, I'm certain to listen to um, their album, though, start to finish. Very excited. Uh, all right, next up, you've got No, It Isn't by Plus 44. This one was started by Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker, whereas earlier was Travis Barker and Tom DeLonge. So different kind of like breakup from Blink-182. This song in particular has one of the best opening lines um, of, a, of a band or of a song, which is, please understand, this isn't just goodbye. This is I Can't Stand You. Um, which is just like a great track to send to someone. Certainly don't put this on any Valentine's Day mixes. <laughs> um, <laughs> these are lyrics that you will absolutely hear and you can't really like interpret them in any other way. Um, I didn't know this group um, until about 2020, actually. This was one of the things that got introduced to me just from autoplay. I think it was either Siri or Spotify that you know picked it out as I was listening to Blink songs and really liked it. Um, only one album from them. This song apparently was literally written back to Blink-182. Um, you know, that line, this is I Can't Stand You, is, is kind of like them being angry of the breakup. And apparently um, 
Tom was, uh, or sorry, Mark had his feelings hurt that he wasn't invited to the other group, Boxcar Racer. So that's why this kind of came about, the Plus 44 band. So yeah, really interesting. Again, you can definitely hear the Blink-182 influence, and then you can kind of understand how, whenever they reformed Blink, that they were all on board with kind of that new sound and moving away from kind of their, their punk roots and getting into more alt-rock and rock sound. So Mark was upset, but not upset enough to exclude Travis Barker from the group, right? I mean, poor Travis. He's certainly like the kid in the middle, I think, is, is the dynamic he must have felt. <laughs> Travis, I hate you, but I need a drummer. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he tried to stay neutral as much as he could. He just <laughs> sat behind his drums and was like, leave me out of this, guys. <laughs> just back here keeping time, guys. All right. Exactly. You guys figure it out. You guys figure it out. But yeah, this was a great song. I, I wrote down the same lyric you did. That one, this isn't just goodbye. This is I can't stand you. It's like, there's no <laughs> doubt. No doubt about this. There's no subtlety. I love it. Exactly. All right. Um, track eight here. You went with Heart by Rockpile. Yeah. So Rockpile is an English rock band from the late 70s, early 80s. This was just that. So they recorded one album under the Rockpile name. Now, there's another three albums that included most of the major members of this band that were all under the, they were included as just Dave Edmonds' solo albums. Okay, so Dave Edmonds, one of the members of this band. And then one of the albums was Labor of Lust, which was a Nick Lowe solo album. And Nick Lowe was part of this band as well. So Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe, kind of the, the major names from this. The drummer Terry Williams joined Dire Straits and was with them during kind of their heyday in the 80s. Um... But yeah, I just loved the uh, the feel of this song. It, it felt exactly from the era it was written in. Um, it, it almost felt like something Billy Joel could have pulled off. You know, like I could see him singing something like this kind of in that same uh, time range. This whole album and even some of the offshoots all kind of sound similar to each other. Um, and if you're a fan, I'm a fan of Nick Lowe. So that's kind of how I came about to find these guys and find that project. Um, I think he's got a really cool sound to him. So um, if you're a fan of that, I think you're going to enjoy Rock Pile's one album. Yeah, I really enjoyed this track. It I, I learned that this is known as pub rock, which makes total sense to me because it has like this great kind of clapping uh, like beat to it. And I just felt like it's impossible to be to like clap along to a song and not be like happy because I feel like there's no angry clapping and there's no sad clapping. You know, like you're not listening to Dashboard Confessional clapping along. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great just, point. There is no sad clapping, is there? There's really no. Yeah, there's no sad clapping, right? Like, <laughs> huh. I've thought about that before. <laughs> um, Maybe if I ever started a band, I would call it Sad Clapping. I think that that would be <laughs> could be a really good <laughs> ironic band name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It it did sound like pub rock, right? I just can imagine like having this come on in, in a in a pub or a, a bar playing music and everyone getting into it and and having a really nice time with it. So great great track. I uh, had definitely not heard of Rock Pile, so this was a really cool discovery for me. All right, next up, you've got Wild International by One Day as a Lion. Yes, One Day as a Lion and one album from One Day as a Lion. So these, <laughs> the, this group um, is made up of Zach De La Rocha from Rage Against the Machine, which if you are familiar with Rage, you will play like two seconds into the song and be like, yep, that yeah, makes sense. 
Oh, he has such <laughs> That's exactly how I felt, yes. <laughs> <laughs> such an iconic sound uh, and voice and that he brings to every single thing that he does. And then John Theodore from Mars Volta and Queens of the Stone Age. So two just amazing rock groups mashed together to form One Day as a Lion. I actually had no idea that this band existed prior to doing research for, for this one album, Wonder. And so it blew my mind that I had no idea this existed because this is exactly the type of music that I'm obsessed with as of late. Absolutely <laughs> love Rage Against the Machine. You recently introduced me to Prophets of Rage. So now I'm just left wondering, like, what have I been doing with my time? That there's, <laughs> there's all these amazing rock groups that, and I'm still just listening to like the same, you know, 30 tracks over and over. Um, so it's a good reminder for me and hopefully for others, like, get out of your comfort zone every now and then with, with bands, click around, hit play on some random stuff or related artists because you are certain to find uh, to find some really cool stuff. But yeah, this is just like a classic Rage song, you know, Rage Against the Machine. It just has that sound um, to it and just a huge fan of this track in particular. Really, really good stuff. Yeah, no, this was this was great, and you're right. Sounds very much like Rage Against the Machine. If you like them, you're gonna you're gonna really enjoy this. I think it's interesting that there's this concept of the supergroup out there, mm-hmm. right? Like this is considered a supergroup, but I wonder is that a label that can be retroactively applied? So, in other words, like Nirvana now, when you look at the individual members, like everybody knows those guys, right? So right. were they a supergroup? You know, now can we go back and go? Well, Nirvana's a supergroup, or at the time, but they're just a group, you know? Right. So I wonder, like. Yeah, like you have to be at a certain level before the next band you start could be considered a super group, or do we go back and, and sort of slap that label on something? That's a really good question. I was wondering the same thing, like who decides, like in, in, in this research, yeah, well, why were some of these like, oh, this was a super group, and others is like, yeah, this was just formed by these band members, and I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope if you and I ever go on to do other podcast projects, we'll be the the super podcast. You know, that came together. <laughs> yeah, the people are like yeah, they went and formed a super group. Yeah, with these other podcasts. <laughs> All right, uh, home stretch here, track ten, um, a song that honestly I had no idea was off of an album that only you know one existed because this song has been played so much. You would think mm-hmm. that this band could have done other stuff, but it's there she goes by the L.A.s. Yeah, I think they were just called The Laws. The Laws, laws. yeah. Yeah. Apologies, The Laws. No, that's okay. Um, Yeah, and oddly, not only is this song still everywhere, like this this song gets played a lot, um, but this band was together for nine years, and they only produced the one album. So, yeah, kind of crazy. They really just had... There was a lot of, when I read up on these guys, there was only two members, Lee Mavers and John Power, were the only two guys that kind of stuck in the band the whole time. So there was a lot of movement in and out of the band, which I think probably led to, you know, a lack of production. Um, but if you've seen So I Married an Axe Murder, this is prominently featured in that movie. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just a great pop song, but, uh, you know, the whole album is just like more good kind of British pop music. So it's a it's a really strong uh, strong offering, but yeah, for whatever reason, never produced another album. Yeah, that is wild. I, I feel like this was featured in every single '90s rom com like movie ever, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> 
And and thematically, it also kind of reminds me of Weedus's teenage dirtbag in the same sense of like, you know, some it's kind of written from the point of view of, of presumably a guy pining over a girl that he can't get. Um, I think that's what like the the musician said that that's what the song was about. There was apparently some debate where people were interpreting it that this was a song about heroin, but then they were like, no, guys, it's literally a song about a guy who who likes a girl that he can't get. <laughs> And so I, this is just, again, another reminder. Sometimes lyrics are exactly what they are, and they don't need, <laughs> That's to, right. be, they don't That's need right. to be something else. <laughs> you don't need to read into it. Yeah, I never would have thought heroin would have been associated <laughs> right. with this song. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we're just simpletons. I don't know, Matt. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I've never done heroin. So <laughs> right. maybe... <laughs> Right. Next phase of my research, I suppose. <laughs> um, all right. So your your last pick, uh, and I was most interested to see what this was all about when I saw it on the mix. Uh, the song is called Dennis Rodman, and it's by Mansions and Dennis Rodman. Yeah. I, so Mansions is is a group of Mike Posner and, and Black Bear. Um, yeah, known as Mansions. They only had one album. This whole album is fantastic, and I struggled to, at first I was struggling to pick one song off of it, just to mention, you know, again, you know, which one I wanted to talk about. And then I saw that they had this track, and I was like, well, Matt being such a huge basketball fan, um, <laughs> I'm going to pick a song with Dennis Rodman, one of, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, right? I'm just going to put that out there. Whatever you think of him as a human being, and there's a lot of opinions, um, as a basketball player, he was just an absolute all-star. So... It was really interesting that that you know these guys did a song about him that also featured him in the in the last verse, and I just think it's like it's so catchy the song. I love you know the whole point of this is literally like, you know the chorus for example is I'm going to do whatever it is I want to. I'm going to do whatever it is I feel. I don't care about who's watching. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. So it's just <laughs> truly like if he had a theme song, this would be his theme song. He does not care at all about anything that he does. So uh, take that as like an empowering message in a way, you know? I uh, no, totally agree. This is, this would be, this is an absolute perfect theme song for Dennis Rodman. And he even gets to jump in and do a little bit of a, I wouldn't say singing, uh, probably just talking at the end of the track, talking. but, but yeah. you do get to hear Dennis Rodman's voice here as well. Um, yeah, speaking of not caring, he was named to the NBA's 75th anniversary team this past year. And uh, at the All-Star game, they, you know, they brought you know all the living members of the team together. And he kind of showed up wearing, you know, what he normally wears and then just kind of threw on the, you know, whatever the sport coat or something that they gave him <laughs> for being on this team. <laughs> just kind of tossed that over it. And it was just kind of kind of milling around so yeah uh kind of crazy but yeah this was uh this is a really cool album and uh I'm, I'm glad you picked this track so so we get to hear a little bit about dennis rodman yeah i i definitely agree though he wasn't singing he just talks that fast it's it's almost like he he talk raps in a way like. <laughs> that's right that's right yeah it's like you, slam poetry right exactly yeah yeah and one more shout out to the documentary the last dance if you haven't yet watched it go watch it it's so good features a lot of interviews with with Rodman himself um and I have to be honest I had to put on captions sometimes because he talks so fast that it was really hard for me to follow exactly what he was saying oh yeah yeah he's a yeah very fast talker all right track 12 here um this is your last pick and the last song of the mix Ituke as hecho um which is horrible pronunciation I'm so sorry I do try to speak Spanish and I just just brutalize that it's all good by Buena Vista Social Club 
Tell me about yeah, this. Yeah, so, okay. Had you heard of Buena Vista Social Club prior to this mix? Um, Like, only kind of in the ether, let's say. Like, I had not listened to their music, but I've heard them talked about a whole lot. Yes. Yeah, so they came around in the mid-90s as a group of kind of these essentially all-star, like, Cuban musicians that came together. And, and they put out uh, an album. I just, I was shocked to learn that that was the only album that they actually put out. Um but also, I mean, it was, it's a large group of people. And uh, turns out, like, some of them were older. So six of the original members of this group have passed away. Um, so that, that's kind of how, you know, now it's been 25 years, I think, since this album came out. But, um, but yeah, so some of the surviving members now tour as, you know, under the name Orquesta Buena Vista Social Club. So kind of this offshoot of the group. But but still no new music, so they're still kind of touring, and they, it was it was kind of a big deal for this Cuban sound to kind of make its way over here. But um, yeah, I I picked this song. It's just this very kind of sweet um, love song, if you will. Um, but later they also did a collaboration in the early two thousands, or, or maybe you know mid uh, you know aughts, with uh, with Coldplay, and they had a version of the song Clocks that that kind of integrated some of this Cuban sound with it. Um, which was also kind of big. Again, I was I was just shocked to learn that they had like just one album credited credited to Buena Vista Social Club. But um, but yeah, really really cool sound and, and definitely uh, something different for the mix. Yeah, I I had like I mentioned, I'd only ever heard of them. I would have never guessed that they only had one album because of how much I'd heard of them. Uh, so it was really beautiful to listen to. I'm definitely going to be listening to that whole album. Um, this is a, a really nice kind of, I wrote, is a perfect, soft, lovely ending to our mix. The the lyrics translated are actually a little sad, I found, because it's all about a girl carving her name into uh, the trunk of a tree. And the tree is literally asking, what have you done? Which is the title of the song translated. Um, you know, you, you're the girl who wounded my trunk. I'll always keep your beloved name. And you, what have you done with my poor flower? So I feel like it's like kind of a sad song written from the point of view of a tree. But if you ignore <laughs> that and you just enjoy just enjoy the, the mood of it, it is a, it is a very beautiful song. <laughs> Samra, it's about heroin. I right, you're you, right. <laughs> you didn't pick up on that. But no, this is, uh, yeah. It's, it's always about heroin. When in doubt. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt. If I if I had to nitpick one thing about about my high school English classes, mm-hmm. I would say that mm-hmm. um, it really was that every single thing that we read, especially when it came time to study poetry, was like something other than what they wrote. And I always imagined, as I'm sure many other people did, that the writer was just like, yeah, no one's going to misinterpret this. It is literally what I'm writing about. <laughs> and here we you know, are a hundred years later. <laughs> that, that's a great point. I kind of had that same thought too, that like, if you didn't read deeply into the, you know, whatever allegory was being presented, it was just like, yeah, look, you're not even paying attention. Okay. Like you totally right. missed it right here. He's talking about, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just loves his life. And it's like, he's miserable. It's like, how do you know that? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so take note, English teachers. <laughs> yeah, look, we've got a huge demographic that are English teachers. Okay, but um, but you know what? I would love to hear from some English teachers who could tell me, like, yeah, look, you're wrong, or it's like, hey, look, we're just trying to make it interesting. You know? Yeah, like, let, what, let's what's... debate it. Let's debate <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Another super awesome mix for your collection. This time, a collection 
of one album wonders and uh i will tell you they they are probably all worth uh going through the entire album and listening to it and and then sitting there and wondering you know why just one album why just one album um but we are not a one album wonder and uh we will be back next week with yet another super awesome mix for you so for samer this is matt and we will see you then Super Awesome Mix is brought to you by DLM. Make shopping easy with DLM, the one-stop shop for all your casual clothing needs. Shop DLMSupplyCode.com and enter the promo code AWESOME at checkout to save 15% off your first purchase. That's DLMSupplyCode.com.